Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. It is a privilege to be in the house of God and to worship. You know, as we were contemplating a message, I was thinking of Memorial Day. And maybe in a different way than most people think. But then my mind went to angels. And I don't, I don't know that I ever heard a message on angels. And you always want somebody else to speak on that subject. And yet, it's recorded in scripture about angels. And sometimes we get these mental pictures of angels. Are they accurate? Is this where really what an angel looks like? What are angels? What is their purpose? You know, as an angel... You know, we often hear these stories about angels, and it seems like the angels are almost glorified above God. What do they look like? Have you ever seen an angel? I don't know if you did or not. Maybe you did. How many angels are there? These are all questions we have. Does anybody know where in the Bible is the first place where an angel spoke to someone? It's not the first place that an angel is mentioned, but it's the first place we have recorded that an angel spoke to someone. getting close. If I remember right, that was God. Pardon? Okay, now turn to Genesis chapter 16. It's Abraham's wife. Or handmade. We not only have what the angels spoke, that the angels spoke, but this angel asked Hagar two questions. Notice here, it says, The angel of the Lord, oh, this is Genesis 16, verse 7. The angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, 
Whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And so we have Hagar crying out in distress. And the angel said, Why are you here? And she told her why she was there. She told him why he was, she was there. And then the angel said, go submit yourself to her. But he gave her a promise. Now, I just thought that was an interesting account there with Hagar. I want to look this morning what angels are, and a little bit about angels and what their responsibilities are. Angels are God's messengers. Most places in Scripture where angels are listed, quite often it will say that they were sent by God. Or it will infer that. Sent by God. First of all, I want to look at Genesis 32. I'll be looking at a number of scriptures, so if you want to turn to them, fine. If not, just listen. Genesis 32, verses 1 and 2. This was when Jacob was preparing to meet Esau. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When, and when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Now, as we look at this account, we notice here, it don't say how many angels there were that met him. But it says a host, so it was more than one. You know, if somebody, if you met a group of people and you would call them a host, I don't know how many you would figure on. Uh, it was just interesting there that it's worded that way. Because he said, this is God's host. He recognized these were God's messengers coming to him. They had a message. We have Moses in the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. I'll go through some of these quickly because I'm not sure. I'm afraid I'm going to run out of time. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. 
there was many different ways an angel appeared to people. The first account we have was a host of God's messengers. Here we have in the form of a flame of fire. Now when you are burning a candle or maybe you have a brush pile you're burning or something like that, you don't think of that being an angel. But God used ordinary things for an extraordinary message. We have the announcement of Jesus' birth in Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 10. It says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And he told them what the sign would be. They would find him in the manger. Apparently, the appearance of, the, of this angel was something that they were scared of. They were fearful. Another of God's messengers. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. This was the announcement of John the Baptist. Now this was when Joseph, when the angels appeared to Joseph after he realized the condition Mary was in. Verse 20 says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So here we have the angel coming in the form of a dream. How much stock do you put in your dreams? You know, sometimes we say, oh, that was just a bad dream. So we have here that the angels are God's messengers. What are the characteristics of angels? What do you think of when you think of angels? Do you think of these white-winged beings? Well, you may be accurate, you may not be. Numerous places in Scripture we have that they are as the angels. Talking about the Christians, we will be as angels. Angels are divided by rank. Not all angels are on the same level. 
because it speaks of Michael the archangel. A number of verses for that are Jude 9, Daniel 10, 13, and Hebrews 12, 7. I don't have time to turn to all those. But we have listed, talks about Michael the archangel. Angels were created by God. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 16, we have Paul writing here to the church at Colossae, and he's speaking of God creating things. He talks about the preeminent Christ in verse 14. Verse 16 says, For by him are all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. That includes the angels being created by God and being created for him, for his purpose, for his pleasure. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. This chapter is speaking of Jesus being so much better than the angels. In verse 9, he says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Now, the focus here is on Jesus. But he mentions that he was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. The sacrifice that he's talking about here. The better things. Now go over to verse 16. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. In other words, he didn't become like the angels. He took on himself on Jesus, the form of man. Not of angels, but of man. I thought that was interesting. And the reason he did, verse 17, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. That's why he was created in the way he was. He took on himself the form of man, a little lower than the angels. Angels are often referred to as spirits. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. The last two verses there. And 
This should excite you. Verses 13 and 14. He asked the question, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? To which of the angels did he say that to? He didn't say that to the angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Angels are sent for our good and for our purpose. Go to Acts chapter 12. We have here the account of Peter in prison. Peter being delivered. Angels are not limited by laws of nature. How many of you can walk through these doors without opening them? You know, my nephew tried to walk through a glass wall one day at a wedding. It was a reception. The door was swung open, and from inside where he was in the lobby, he thought this was the door and not this. His head hit the glass and broke the glass. It was one of those 10-foot-tall, 6-foot-wide windows. We cannot just walk through places. But obviously the angels can't. Not limited by nature. Notice here, maybe just a few of these verses. It talks about Peter. Let's start with verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he had saw a vision. But when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the Jews. So here we have the angel delivering Peter from prison. This was for God's glory. It wasn't that Peter saw the angel, but it was for God's glory. Prayer was being made for Peter. Angels are superior to man. 
Turn to Psalm 8. In verse 5, talks about how great God is. They ask the question here in verse 4, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. We're still a little lower than the angels. Turn to Psalm 103. Verses 20 and 21. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. It's talking about the angels. They excel in strength and do his commandments. They are subject to God. And yet they are superior to man. 2 Peter 2.11, it speaks of the angels being greater in power and might. Do angels eat? Do they get hungry? Do you know scripture refers to angels' food? That is Psalm 78. We have here in this psalm, it's a psalm of Asaph, he's rehearsing what God did for the children of Israel. And he talks about bringing them through the wilderness. Go to verse, I don't know where to start here. Verse 23. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, or the food of heaven, man did eat, did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the fool. I take it from this that manna was angels' food. And I stand to be corrected, but I think this is what it refers to. And the sin of Israel was they refused angels' food. They wanted something better. What better can you get? Now, we don't read of angels having an appetite or angels overeating, but we do have that it refers to angels' food. And so I take it from that that they're a little bit like us.
Their knowledge is limited. Do you ever think about that? The angel's knowledge is limited. Go to Matthew 24. Verse 36. It's talking about the coming of the Son of Man, or Christ's return. It says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. The angels don't even know when Christ is going to come. You know, sometimes we talk about being on call 24-7. Well, the angels are. Because the angels will come with Christ to take those back to heaven. We'll look at that later. The angels do not know. So what do they look like? You know, the cherubim... In Genesis 3.24, this was when, when uh, God brought Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, placed these cherubims there. They were winged angelic beings. There's another thought there I wanted to look at. Genesis 3.24. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the end of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. These angels kept Adam and Eve from coming back to the garden. Angels have masculine names. So are angels all men? I don't know. You know, today, in our world today, the names anymore, you have to look at the spelling to figure out whether it's a boy or a girl sometimes. Go to the book of Daniel. I was impressed here with the description we have of angels in the book of Daniel. Go to Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to read here this chapter, starting in verse 5. Now notice here, this is concerning Daniel's vision, but it describes the angel. What he is like. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz, and his body was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. 
And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision. But a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision. And there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Now keep in mind here, Daniel was going for a while here without food. Three weeks, three full weeks it says here. He was without food. At this point, Daniel was 80 years old. And, you know, if we miss a meal, we think we'll kind of become weak. Daniel was three weeks, this 80-year-old man. And if you look at, think of what it says here, he was down on his hands and knees when the angel came to him. I want to go on reading here. Yet I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, now this is the angel, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall, be, what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one, like the similitude of the sons of men, touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth, and spake, and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the vision of my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. But for, but for how... And the servant of this my Lord, talk with this my Lord. For as for me, straightway, there remained no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me. And said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee. Be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the princes of per prince of Persia? And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth me with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. So we have here a little description it speaks of the angel putting his hand on him. It speaks of Michael, the prince. So again, we have the different ranks of angels. Another type of angel we have is that of mentioned as a seraphim in Isaiah 6. 
look at a couple verses there from Isaiah chapter 6. This was Isaiah's vision. Verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, and above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. So here we have this angel having six wings. Usually we think of two. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then we have where the angel took the live coal. In verse 6, Then flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. I take it that angels can stand more heat than we can. So what is the purpose of angels? As we said earlier, they are God's messengers. But they are there to serve God in heaven. Of course, we have that here in Isaiah. Turn to Revelation 15. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, I mean, I'll just skip on down here. Uh, verse 6. The seven angels came out of the temple having seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. From what I understand here, the angels will help to pour out the wrath of God upon this earth. They're God's helpers. Go to Revelation chapter 5. Verses 11 and 12. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. By the way, that brings me to my next question. Do angels sing? Do angels sing? 
They will. That's for sure. They will sing. But do angels sing? I'm not going to say they don't sing. But I haven't found a place in scripture where it says they sang. They said glory to God in the highest. That could include singing. I don't know. It's just a thought I had. Do they do angels sing? That's, you know, people got, talk about going to heaven and hearing the angels singing. Well, yeah, they do. They probably will. Go to chapter 8 of Revelation. Verses 2 through 5. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it upon the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which is before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came up with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. So here again we have the angels serving God. Another responsibility of angels is to serve men here on this earth. We have the account of Daniel. How Daniel was protected. The, Lord, the angel shut the lion's mouth. Genesis 21:17, Matthew 4:11. I'm going to turn to Matthew 4:11. We have that the account of Jesus when he come down was in temptation in the wilderness. Verse 11 says, "Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him." Satan referred to the angels being able to deliver Jesus. Back in verse 6. Just an interesting thought. Satan was one of the angels himself, but was cast out of heaven. Now, we don't have time here this morning to look at the fallen angels. That's another whole subject in itself. Turn to Psalm 34, 7. It says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. We often quote this verse. Do you know what the word encampeth means? It 
You know, whenever they have Black Friday, they talk about people camping out. Well, these angels camp out for us. That's what it means. It's used, the word encampeth, is the he word kanal, means to camp, to abide in tents, and to dwell. And it's taken from the root word kanal, to be merciful, to show mercy, to have pity upon, to pray, and to make supplication. So the next time you read that verse or think of that verse, think of the angels camping around you. Angels are there to serve as guides to the believer. We have that in Acts 8, 26, Acts 10, 1 to 8, and Acts 27, 22 to 24. I don't have time to read all these. It's the early church. It's when Paul was asked to come over to Macedonia. The angel came to him. Do you recognize angels as guides to us? Some time ago, I think it was about two years before I was ordained. We had this little family tradition. Thanksgiving time, we would go to the Thanksgiving service. And usually, we kind of did our own thing. The only store that was open Thanksgiving Day was Kmart. Okay? It's where Hobby Lobby is now. We would went out to eat Thanksgiving Day, and then went to Kmart to shop. We walked into Kmart. Some guy come up to me. Well, he was, first of all, cornered my wife at the end of one of the aisles. Said, are you related to so-and-so? Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. By that time, I come on the scene. And he said, are you a preacher? I said, no. He said, someday you will be. He disappeared. Was it an angel? I don't know. But we got to talk and he said, well, who was it? Well, I don't know who he was. We looked down this aisle and we looked down this aisle. We want to go talk to him. He wasn't there. God's messengers. Angels will accompany Christ at his coming. We have that in Matthew 25. I want to read that verse yet. Matthew 25, verse 31. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. 
I'm sorry. Let's go to chapter. I was in the wrong chapter. 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. The angels rejoice over a repentant sinner. We have that Luke 15.10. The angels rejoice. Part of God's messengers. There's a Jewish folk saying that says one should not stand at the foot of a sick person's bed because that place is reserved for the guardian angel. And so as we look at angels, think of angels, let's not elevate them above Christ, but let's appreciate their work. They're for our good and for God's glory. Shall we stand for closing prayer?